Hi, welcome to the Amusia podcast. This is episode number 16. This has been an immensely fun project to put together every week for six months. That's our plan, right? 24 episodes. This is number 16, so that puts us two-thirds through, eight more to go. But there are intervening forces. Like, I have a baby due in about three months. And related to the fact of that baby, I'm doing a one-hour, one-man show in not quite three weeks anymore at this point named Bracing for the Joy as part of the San Francisco Fringe Festival. You should look up information about Bracing for the Joy at sffringe.org or by just listening to this podcast for the next couple weeks for a preview. Does this extra remark sound like it has been punched in? Yes, it does. And so anyway, that's the squeeze that I've put myself under, uh, which is a fun squeeze. But the outcome has been that for the last couple weeks, it seems to take eight days for this weekly podcast to come out each time. So I finally reached the day today that is coming out on the weekend. So I will see what I can do to uh, pick up the pace with the schedule. Anyway, all that being said, this week's podcast story is a quick, silly one. It is called Inside the Music. Tonight on Inside the Music, we explore the meteoric highs and abysmal lows of Bumpus, once called Britain's most notorious hard rock band. We speak to lead singer Tits Bumpus and crack the code, learning what fueled his destructive, addictive personality through an unending string of sold-out stadium engagements in the late 70s and right on into the 90s. After their rock-bottom downfall, we chart Tits and the band's meteoric return to form, playing 200-seat clubs in mid-scale markets scattered across two continents. All that and more on tonight's Inside the Music. Tits Bumpus was born named Tits Bumpus in a fallout shelter in the London Tube in 1944 to a mother with severe inner ear damage after years of the Blitzkrieg. Tits explains. Uh, I think my name was supposed to be Simon or something. Nobody could hear. I was out breastfeeding all the time, so they just called me Tits. Tits' father had died in the Battle of the Bulge, and the young boy made a living for his family for 12 years selling pencils in Piccadilly Circus, a district known for prostitution. Tits first shot heroin at age four. By age six, he had kicked the habit. I consider myself a very addictive, self-destructive person. Drugs, I mean, I was age five, out at dawn, waiting on the stationery store to open so I could buy me daily pencils. Then, it's waiting on the man. I'm always late for school, on the nod once I'm there. To this day, I don't know the difference between a triangle and a rhombus. So at age six, I kicked me detox facility with a treat house. That was when Tits discovered music. More importantly, it was when he first became involved in ham radio. Just the first in a series of all-consuming obsessions that would derail one of the world's most promising rock superstars. That and more when we're back with Inside the Music. I have an addictive personality. That's Tits Bumpus, singer, songwriter, and lead guitarist of the legendary arena rock band Bumpus. Featuring Tits up front, Nasty Bumpus on rhythm guitar, Skull on drums, and Steve on bass. That's right, just just Skull and Steve. By the 70s, the band was headlining in front of acts like Queen, Cream, and The Clean at Wembley, Pembroke, Pembley, Plather, Pither, 
and Madison Square Garden. All the band but tits were gills deep in coke and groupies, but there was no secret that tits was the one in real trouble. Also deep in the M radio by those days, there was a six-page attachment to our contract rider that was needed to get the, the kit right from me backstage. The rider stipulated a whole library of code books and, and English to foreign dictionaries. By the time of the Too Strong to Die tour in 1986, we had on a full staff of 14 linguists who could run live translations for me as I chatted backstage with like little kids on their dad's radio sets in Japan or Luxembourg. On the first, you'll admit it went too far. I would be delayed hours hitting the stage because I was on the radio and back chatting with Swedish fishermen about the size of the mackerel catch. And that wasn't all. By the mid-80s, Tits was hopelessly hooked on leatherworking. An extra big rig had to follow the band through Europe and North America, full of hides, thongs, leather scraps, and the myriad presses and stamps and heated awls Tits would use to work incredible designs into the skins. But it was too much, and Tits knew it. His addictive personality left him late for rehearsals, exhausted on stage, and rarely giving fans the full bumpus experience they demanded. That was when Tits got into rare fish collection. A whole new fleet of rigs was required to carry the full-size aquariums he stocked with exotic tropical varieties. In 1994, the band spent almost $4 million on filtration. The other members of Bumpus were scared by Tits' obsessions, but there was a dysfunctional equilibrium maintained for a time. After all, Tits was responsible for writing the band's biggest hits. Bumpus Gonna Grab Ya, Hot Night Mama Yeah Yes, Going Swimming with the Sharks, and Leatherworking Fantasyland. On top of all that, Tits mind-blowing expenditures on contract writers and additional tour staff to fuel his hobbies made it all too easy for the other band members to hide line items in the budget for liquor, cocaine, and prostitutes. We never knew what he was on about, drummer Nasty Bumpus said in an interview with Rolling Stone. I've toured with Sabbath, Aerosmith, Metallica. Those blokes had sense enough to waste their money on blow. Tits has half the stadium floor roped off to set up an astronomical observatory. Tits reflects. I put my bandmates through hell. Forget them, consider my wives, my little girl. The beekeeping hit everyone hard. I know that. Stage magic, that was a bit daft, and it really interfered with our live show when I tried to bring in the card tricks. But 2000 hit, and I'm sorry. The geocaching. There was... I knew I had to stop. Two hours before a command performance for Queen Elizabeth II in summer 2001, Tits was found at the edge of the Black Forest, more than 800 miles from England. He was hunting for a rubber ball and three playing jacks that had been buried in a geocache. Fortunately, Tits was airlifted from the forest and taken by Learjet to London in the nick of time. But an intervention awaited him after the show, and Tits has been hobby-free ever since. I thank God for that day in 2001 when the people who loved me most helped me realize it was time for me to get back on drugs. We've been playing shitty mid-sized clubs ever since, and I'm in too much a stupid to cause any trouble. Don't get me wrong, drugs are terrible, but I don't think they've affected our success very much. Everybody's kind of been into hip-hop for the last 15 years. Next week on Inside the Music, Rumble Nerd. You may remember this indie rock band from when you were in college, and you never really liked them much, but their story will fascinate you anyway as you watch lead singer Jeffrey Bumble in a string of court appearances and outtakes of train wreck live concert performances. Next week 
on Inside the Music.